0: Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Jo, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly. And it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. Today, I want to tell a story about a lady that I met at the dog park this morning and how it is so incredible how many women have stories that are like this, including myself. So today I'm going to talk about financial manipulation. So, it sounds scary, right? What is financial manipulation? Financial manipulation can be apparent in relationships in so many different shapes and forms. It can also be manipulation between parents and children or uh, siblings and each other. There are many ways that people can engage in financial manipulation. So, I'm going to share a couple of experiences. Firstly, I'm going to talk about some common types of financial manipulation and how they show up in relationships and everyday decision-making. And then I'm going to go into a little bit of a story about how financial manipulation affects couples and how it can lead to divorce, how it can be prevented, and some common things to be aware of if you feel that you are experiencing financial manipulation in your relationship. So let's start with some of the most basic forms of manipulation. And one of the most common ones is your partner hiding what they're spending their money on. So this can be in the form of separate credit cards, separate bank accounts, or taking out cash and spending it on things that you don't know about, so there's no paper trail. And it sounds simple. It sounds like, oh, well, that's an easy fix. Just get joint cards or joint bank accounts and whatever. But people that are financial manipulators can be very creative in how they hide their spending. They can pay for bills or have uh, companies invoice them for things that were inflated amounts. They can take out cash and... And sort of drip feed money out in small amounts. So say $60, $100 out of an ATM. But over a period of time, they're accumulating that money somewhere else, maybe in a shoebox, maybe in a separate account, maybe somewhere in their house, they're hiding it, that kind of thing. Financial manipulation can also be in the form of spending money at places that you can do cash withdrawals. So for example, if they're going to a grocery store and the grocery store does cash back, when you look at the credit card statement, it could say something like $400 at Safeway and actually only a hundred dollars of that 400 could have been spent on groceries and the other 300 was taken out in cash. So these are some of the common ways that people can engage in financial manipulation. And I'm going to give you a couple more examples so that you can see if you recognize any of these spending habits in your own relationship. And if so, make sure you listen on. And if this is something that you're experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety about, make sure you contact me. So my contact details are sandra at sandrajoe.com. You can send me an email, you can reference this podcast. And if you want to set up a consultation call with me, my link is in my website, sandrajoe.com forward slash links. And you can find all the information there about how to work with me. So financial manipulation is actually one of the reasons why I started my financial coaching business in the first place, because I realized that there were many women and men out there who were in relationships that Their partner was doing shady things with money. There was no transparency in spending and saving. There was no transparency in where their income was going every month or what they were investing in and things like that. And financial manipulation really is about hiding things from your partner or using things against them to gain control. So there's two parts to that. So the first one is hiding things. And the second part is using finances as a control. So I'm going to break those down for you. So I'll start with hiding what you're doing. A lot of couples don't believe in having joint accounts. They like to have the independence, the autonomy to make their own financial decisions. Now, early on, that's all fair and well. And do I believe that People should be entitled to having their own bank accounts as well as a joint account? Absolutely, yes. However, there are certain things to consider when it comes to having joint bank accounts or having separate bank accounts. So, number one is do you understand your partner's financial position? Whether you're at the start of a relationship, whether you're partway through, maybe a year or two in, or maybe you've been together for 10 plus years, having financial transparency in your relationship is one of the main causes of either health or stress in your relationship. And the more transparency you have, the more you talk about money, the more you ask questions and give answers, the healthier your relationship is going to be as a whole. It's when we have deceit and we have lying and we have omission. So Lying can also be by forms of admission, so not saying things that we're spending money on, and just omitting to tell our partner that we spent a hundred or five hundred dollars on something new for ourselves, or an investment, or something like that. So, financial manipulation by omission to declare is also a, a real thing, and a lot of the time we don't know what's happening, right? So if somebody's hiding their spending from us, we don't know until we know. So there are a few ways that you can start to have an understanding of what your partner is spending. Firstly, take note of things that they're bringing home. Are they a compulsive shopper? Are they always wearing new outfits every time you go out together? Are they always using new handbags, have new shoes, getting new things? And you're like, Hey, where did you get that? And they're like, Oh, I've had this for a really long time. And you're like, well, I've been with you for three years. I've never seen this before. It looks brand new. These are little signs that your partner may be shopping and taking the tags off and getting rid of the bags before they come home. So it's just something to be aware of uh, and and really paying attention to what their wardrobe entails and things like that. So that's number one number two is taking note of unusual behavior. So for example, spending a lot of time online late at night, some people say that they're working when really they could be gambling. They could be engaging in pornographic material, paying to see videos, paying to see content, things like that. A lot of people have an online spending addiction, and it could even be something as simple as purchasing things on Amazon. A lot of people have an Amazon Prime addiction where they just will be bored one day, they'll open Amazon or they'll go in there to buy Nespresso pods, for example, and then all of a sudden they'll have 15 different. Different items in their cart, which are all different kinds of things. So being aware of unusual activities such as extended period of time online, packages showing up at the house, things like that. Another form of financial manipulation is uh, keeping things out of sight. So there could be bank accounts that you don't know about, there could be credit cards that you don't know about or that you have recently found out about and you're like, oh, I didn't realize you had four credit cards. I thought you only had two bank accounts. If you see mail that is coming from different banks, if you know, for example, if you bank with ABC and you see a letter come through from, you know, BCD bank, all of these types of things are things to be aware of. Now you can usually tell when somebody is a financial manipulator because they Often act very shady when you talk to them about their spending. They'll get defensive. They'll be like, Why are you asking me this? They will show signs of fear or anger or avoidance of the conversation as a whole. And it's a massive red flag if your partner does not want to talk about finances with you, whether they are in a good position or a not so good position. Firstly, you need to make it a safe space for them to talk openly about their financial position because a lot of people feel shame about having credit card debt or student loan debt or not making a lot of money, or maybe they've recently lost their job. So being very conscious that when you do ask questions about their financial position, you come from a place of curiosity, openness, open-mindedness, and love and compassion, as opposed to a place of fear, resentment, overwhelm, interrogation, you don't want to come across as judgmental. So being very mindful of the language that you use, and this is something that I coach my private clients and my group coaching clients on in the program Sex and Money, which is launching in October, And having open and honest conversations about your financial position are crucial for the health of your relationship, not just for your financial health, but for your relational health. So some of the things that you can do to begin to question the transparency of their financial position is just sitting down and having a conversation about putting everything on the table, asking what they have, what they owe, what investments or investment strategies Strategies they've done. Do they have a financial planner? Do they have an insurance broker, a mortgage broker, that kind of thing so that you can really start understanding their whole financial picture. Now, a lot of people get uncomfortable when they're in a new relationship and people start asking this, but if you explain that, The reason that you want to know is so that you both can move forward in a healthy way in your relationship by having an understanding of where you both stand, as opposed to from a place of fear that they might financially manipulate you or screw you over one day. And especially if you're approaching a milestone, like moving in together, getting engaged, getting married, having children, buying a house, those are absolute triggers for wanting to sit down and get clarity on your partner's financial position. Now, financial position does not just entail their bank accounts and their credit cards. It also includes any debts that they owe, any personal debts, any business debts, line of credits, car loans, their investment savings for retirement, things like that. So financial picture really encompasses many different areas. So once you start to begin to have the conversation about where you both stand, it's very important to do your due diligence and use your best judgment and your gut feeling of if this person is telling you the truth. Now, You never want to be skeptical that your partner is lying to you, but a lot of people lie about their financial position. They're either afraid of being taken advantage of because they have a lot of money or they are embarrassed and shameful because they have a lot of debt and they don't earn as much as they might have originally disclosed or they have fluctuating income and they're going through a hard time right now. So it's very important to exercise patience and compassion when you are having these conversations Secondly, when we talk about manipulation in terms of what people are spending, it's a very tricky subject because it can be things like asking for money and playing the victim that you have, that your partner has no money, that they need your financial support, that they're going through a really tough time right now, that they need to send their family money. All of these types of things can be forms of financial manipulation of getting you to pay for things that you don't necessarily feel comfortable paying for, um, you know, asking for a joint credit card or joint bank accounts very early on and using guilt and hostility to get their way. These are massive red flags and you definitely want to seek support in having these conversations and understanding why your partner is asking you for these things, especially if they are earning a good income or say they are, because this can often be a clue that they have some form of spending addiction. It can either be a control addiction where they want to be you know, loved and appreciated and the way that they feel love and appreciation is through financial support. I see that a lot of times in a, an older man, young, younger woman relationship, where the younger woman will manipulate the older man into paying for things, into funding their lifestyle, topping up their income level, because the older man should feel lucky to be with somebody younger and more attractive. So that's a very common one. Another common one is when a husband, for example, will not give stay at home mom or their partner their own money to spend so that their own money, you know, they, they can use whatever they want so that they have to come to their husband every time that they need to purchase something so that he ultimately has control over all of the spending. That's another very, very common one. So all of these types of situations are forms of financial manipulation. Now it may seem normal. It may seem like, well, if they're the one earning the money, then they should ultimately have control over it. And that is not the case. If you are in a marriage, if you have children, if you are part of a team, a common law or de facto partnership, it is your responsibility and your right to know what your financial position is of your partner and yourself so that you have authority and independence in your own decision making. Because if you are to get divorced, you are legally responsible for half of whatever your partner has or doesn't have. So what that means is, is that you are legally responsible for half of their debts as much as you are responsible for half of their income or assets. So it's really important that you understand their position because you could be totally in the dark about what they're actual financial position is if you don't start asking these questions and having these conversations. Now, I met this lady at the dog park this morning that I want to give an example to about and we started having a conversation because I was like, "Oh, I recognize your dog. I feel like I've seen it before." And she goes, "Oh, my ex and I actually co-parent this dog. So we have him one month on, one month off, and he lives in the same area as us as well." And I was like, "Oh, maybe it was with him." And she's like, "Yeah, you know, you actually caught me at a sensitive time. We're just in the process of final our two year divorce. And we're trying to figure out who's going to get custody of the dog. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, thank you for being vulnerable and telling me that this happened to you. If you don't mind me asking, like, what do you mean by he's trying to manipulate you with the dog? And she says, well, he's using finances as a way to control my decision-making about who gets custody of our dog, because the dog is actually my emotional therapy dog. And he owes me over a hundred thousand dollars. And he's going to use the dog as a negotiation tactic to get what he wants in the settlement. And I was like, wow, this is, is so real. And the problem is, is that a lot of men will use negotiation and strategy tactics to manipulate women who are on the more emotional side or may not have as strong financial literacy. And this is obviously a generalization, so don't bite my head off for this, but As typical or historic gender roles have shown us is that men have generally been the financial controllers or the financial decision makers of a household. And it's only in the last few years that women have really stepped into their power, have started getting equal paying jobs or getting close to it and are starting to have their own financial independence. But the problem is, is that many women still don't take an interest in understanding finances. They don't take an interest in understanding financial decision-making and how it affects them now and in the future. So rather than taking an interest in it, even though they may be earning good salaries, they're leaving a lot of the investments, savings, and debt repayment strategies to their male counterpart. And there's no problem, quote unquote, with this strategy. However, if a problem does arise, a crisis that may lead to separation or divorce or custody battles or anything like that, a lot of women all of a sudden realize that they are in the dark about their financial position. They have no idea what they own, how much their partner owns, where their money is invested or where it's kept. And once the male partner starts to use manipulation tactics to get what they want, whether it's custody, whether it's a dog, whether it's, you know, an early settlement outside of courts so that they're rushing and putting pressure on the wife. And obviously this is, you know, this can go vice versa. So women can just, as easily do this to men or you know uh, same-sex couples, but for the argument's sake of the example, this is a very common thing that happens. And what they will do is they will hide money in separate bank accounts. They will owe money on separate credit cards. They will rack up huge bills so that all of a sudden when you are going through the separation process, because you are responsible for their debts and you may be earning more money, they're all of a sudden going to whack you with a big debt bill that you didn't even know about and didn't know existed. So these are very scary and very real situations that happen to a lot of couples and the importance of understanding your financial position and taking control and ownership about who does make the decisions within your relationship and having a signing authority on certain decisions about taking money out of accounts and things like that so that you're equally participating is not only smart but it's becoming more and more essential. And it sounds like, well, I trust my partner. So why would I have to go through these things? Or I don't have this problem. My relationship is open and honest and transparent. But the reality is, is that many relationships consist of some form of financial manipulation, whether it's hiding spending, hiding earnings, hiding debt, hiding investments, hiding inheritance or assets that are held in family trusts or joint names with a family member. All of these types of things where you are hiding things about your financial position or your partner is hiding things from you are forms of manipulation. And if and when your relationship ends up in a crisis you need to be aware of how you're going to deal with it and what you are entitled to so that you are not guilted into a fast settlement or that you are not all of a sudden shocked by a massive debt bill that you didn't know about or knew existed. And it can be very scary to navigate some of these situations. So my recommendation is, is that If you are feeling nervous, if you are feeling like you think your partner has hidden financial decisions from you or is still hiding financial decisions from you, you don't know what they make, you don't know what debt position they're in, you don't know what asset position they're in, and you want to start having healthier, open, honest conversations with them, then it is a great opportunity for you to get in touch with myself or a financial planner or a marriage counselor or a therapist to help facilitate some of these conversations. Now, I work particularly with couples who've been together longer than two to three years and are starting to realize that they need to start talking about money more. They have financial stress and pain. They have a lot of pressure. They have financial milestones coming up, whether it's family planning, buying a first home, moving to a new country, uh, job loss, things like that. Moving down to one parent working and the other parent being a stay-at-home mom. All of these situations can put immense financial pressure on a couple, and it's important to get on the front foot and gain transparency and trust and openness about where you both stand, whether you are proud of your position or not. By doing so, you can avoid a costly divorce and separation. You can help work through money traumas, money experiences, money stories that have been held with us through our childhood, our young adulthood, and now into our everyday life, and start working through some of the roadblocks in our communication, some of the fears about talking about money, the traumas about talking about money, and ultimately being able to make a decision for yourself about how you deal with money as an independent person and as a partner of a couple moving forward. So, if this is, sounds like something that you're interested in working through, definitely reach out to me. Again, my email is sandra at sandrajoe.com. You can re- reach out to me on Instagram as well, sandra.m.jo. And I, I strongly encourage you to um, not ignore the signs. If you feel like something is going on behind your back, if you feel like your partner is hiding purchases or spending or cash withdrawals or gambling or investing in Bitcoin or super risky investments, it's time to start asking questions, being curious and having better conversations about money so that you can avoid potentially getting yourself into a scary financial position in the future. So I hope this resonates with you. Uh, I personally went through a separation in 2017 that gave me a lot of context around this particular topic. I ended up with a lot of debt from an ex-partner who I definitely, you know, didn't know anything about their spending and debt situation, about the amount of outstanding traffic fines they had, like over $12,000 in traffic fines, all of these types of things. And it left me in the dark. It ended up in a year in the family court with a $30,000 legal fee and a ton of emotional stress that I ended up settling for like a tenth of what my claim was just because I was so exhausted by the process and so burnt out and so emotional that I just wanted to get on with my life. And so when I heard this woman's story today at the dog park, I just completely sympathized with her and resonated with her story about being absolutely blindsided by her partner's financial position. He is a crown litigator for... You know the court and makes very good money and was still financially manipulating her. She was very, she's very successful as well. Has a great uh, VP job and uh, I just I heard her story and it gave me so much pain in my heart because I know there are so many people out there that have dealt with or are dealing with similar situations and they feel stuck. They feel like they have no one to talk to about these things. They are fearful because they don't want to talk to their friends and family, but they don't know if they should go to a lawyer, a financial a planner, a therapist, this is what I do. And having been through it myself in 2017, as I mentioned, I understand financial manipulation and control more than anybody. And this is why I work with couples and particularly women on understanding what their options are and how they can work through these situations with their partner, or if their partner is totally out to lunch uh, how they can get themselves out of these situations in the most cost effective and safest way possible. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it again, if this resonated with you, if you feel like you're in this type of position, definitely reach out to me, sandrajoe.com forward slash links to book a consultation call. You can also check out my sex and money course, where we are going to be talking about a lot of these different topics in the different video modules and on the live training webinars. I'm going to be having two relationship coaches on the live training webinars as well. So if you're interested in this, check it out. Pre-sale is on in mid-September and the course goes live in mid-October. So follow me on Instagram at Sandra M Joe for more information and more details. And if you're interested in private client coaching, I do have openings this year in 2022, the in fall and winter for new private clients. My pricing will be going up in January, 2023. So if this is something that you want to do, you want to kickstart your financial future before the new year, take control of your finances before the Christmas period, then definitely reach out to me and contact me about my private client coaching. Coaching programs. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you got something out of this heavy, but important episode. And if you know somebody that is going through this themselves, please pass this episode on to them, share it with a friend, a family member, a sister, a brother, a coworker. And I hope that this message reaches more people so that we can feel unstuck. We can feel supported and we can feel safe in our financial relationships. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.jo. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.